Tom Albin grew up in Kansas, and he's an ordained pastor from Oklahoma. He's the director of spiritual formation and congregational life at the Upper Room, where he's worked for 20 years. I'm Dale Clem. We welcome Tom today. Our topic is listening prayer. Tom, welcome to this podcast. Thank you, Dale. Help us to get to know you a little bit. How did you first get interested in prayer? I guess the place that becomes the picture in my mind that's very real is I grew up on a farm and ranch in western Kansas, High Plains. We had a basement house where my dad and mom had a bedroom, my sisters had a bedroom, but my brother and I slept out in a little other place. And it was a very hot summer, and I went in early in the morning to get a drink of water, and there was my father in the living room on his knees in prayer. And I thought, well, that's what a man does for his family. Mm -hmm. He kneels in prayer. And then in the evenings, often dad would read the Bible and we would have mealtime prayers, but we didn't really have family prayer. So I learned more from observation than from actual teaching. So you saw the sermon, you didn't hear it. That's right. That's That's exactly right. And it made a difference in your life. It did. It made being a man and prayer both okay. Talking about listening prayer, how did listening prayer become important to you? It was the opposite of everything I'd learned in the Methodist church. And I say Methodist because we weren't united to Methodist until 1968. And I'm a little older than that. I was born in 1951. And Mm -hmm. so the church I was at was very busy. People were, you know, how are you? Well, I'm I'm fine. I'm the chair of the food bank and I work here and I'm a lay speaker and I'm doing this and that. So when I got to that passage in the Bible that said, be still and know that I am God, I had no context for understanding that. I thought it was be busy and show that I am God. Right. It's hard to be still in our culture. It is indeed. Tell us about this concept of listening prayer. It's probably the biggest breakthrough in my spiritual life And it happened about 15 years ago. Because up until then, I thought it was my job to get God's attention by having a quiet time, folding my hands, bowing my head, being prayerful, or using a prayer resource. And what I learned through the kind of guidance of the Holy Spirit was that prayer actually begins in God's heart, our desire to pray our ability to pray are given to us by God. And so I kind of began to look at the scripture. And in Genesis, it's very clear, God takes the initiative in creation. Then in the New Testament, God takes the initiative in redemption, Romans 5, 8, while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. So it made sense that God takes the initiative in conversation. And I'm a parent. I have three wonderful daughters and seven exceptional grandchildren. There, we don't wait for the baby to learn how to talk on their own. We're helping the baby. And so if we're newborn spiritually, God will teach us. And the family of God, the church, should teach us how to pray. This is really Wesleyan theology, too, where the initiative begins with God. When we baptize infants, we know that God is already present in that life of that child. That prevenient grace is already there. I really like that theological founding of listening prayer. What do you do in listening prayer? What I've learned is that if this is true, and I believe it is, that prayer begins in the heart of God, 
then how do I make myself attentive or receptive to God's guidance in prayer? We know in the New Testament, that's the one thing the disciples asked. After the Sermon on the Mount, they didn't say, Jesus, teach us how to preach or teach. Or after the healing or the raising of the dead, they didn't say, God, teach us how to do a miracle. The one thing that the disciples asked in all of the New Testament is, Lord, teach us to pray. And I think it's because they knew that all of Jesus' teaching and preaching and healing came from his conversations with God. In fact, in John's gospel, Jesus says, I only say what God tells me to say, and I only do what the Father shows me to do. Well, how do you know if you don't listen? So that's the kind of desire in me. And then as I looked at the New Testament and followed the pattern of the disciples, Lord, teach me to pray, all of this that we're going to talk about in just a minute emerged, and people have found it helpful all around the world. Another way to do it is if people in their mind now listening would just make a little triangle. We know God's everywhere, not spatially confined, but just for the sake of this listening prayer or cycle of prayer, if you make a triangle and put your hands above your head with that triangle, that's the heart of God. There's the Trinity. Then with your left hand, come from above your head down to your heart, your physical heart. So that's half a circle from God's heart to my heart. And then if you put your right hand on your heart, then you pray it back to God. And so the right hand goes from my heart back up to make the triangle again to the heart of God. And that prayer cycle is the key to listening. A lot of people say, well, you're a pastor, you know, and so you have time to listen to God. And that's true. And I could never listen to God. We have spiritual senses, spiritual ears, spiritual eyes when we're born again. So I ask folks, have you ever been in a room and felt somebody staring at you and you turn your head and they are? How can you know that? That's beyond the five senses, taste, touch, hear, smell. Or have you ever sat at a traffic light or whatever and felt somebody looking at you and you look at the car next to you and there's spiritual sensitivity. So how do we cultivate that? How do we allow God to teach us to pray? This little exercise of silence is the way to do that, I believe. Silence is so important for us. I think kids like silence, but because we're so busy, we rarely have silence. And it's hard when you first try to be silent. I know when I was first starting to pray silently and listen, I just had so much racket going on in my brain. I'm thinking about the test that's coming up, a conversation I had that didn't go so well, and I'm worrying about that. And how do you deal with that monkey brain kind of traffic? I learned an insight from reading John and Charles Wesley's material. Basically, to summarize it in a phrase, John Wesley would say, don't fight it, write it. In other words, you're saying, I'm going to be still. Well, let me back up a little bit. I learned in another state, not Alabama, that it's important to not only have a biblical foundation why we believe God would speak to us and take the initiative, or an experiential foundation, yeah, I can feel or sense things without them being the five senses. In fact, we can feel and sense love, or we can feel and sense somebody staring at us or hostility. So we have capacity to sense or receive impressions that are important in listening prayer. But I was leading this little exercise, and I said, we're going to do this meditative listening exercise. And one big old farmer, and I pick on farmers because I am one, 
said, I don't believe in meditation and any of that new age stuff. And I knew all you seminary teachers and you pastors were liberals. And he started to walk out of the room. And I said, oh, no, this isn't new age. This is biblical, like Psalm 1. Blessed is the man or woman who meditates on the law of God. He said, I'm a New Testament Christian and not an Old Testament Christian. And, you know, I was running low on sanctification at that point and wanted to give him the St. Whoopi of Goldberg blessing, if you know the comedian Whoopi Goldberg, where she says, as you stomp out of the room, may the door not hit you where the Lord did split you. (laughs) So (laughs) it's like the door hits you in the butt as you go. So I thought, I got to find a better way to get people ready for this. And so I went back to the New Testament. Lord, teach us to pray. This is not new age. This is asking Jesus Christ, the living word of God, to guide us or speak to us. And that those words from God may be audible, but probably not. Very few times in my life have my eardrums vibrated, but an inner voice, an inner knowing. And so I believe every Christian has that spiritual sensitivity. So before we begin the listening prayer, it's very clear, Lord Jesus Christ, teach us to pray. And then if you remember the Old Testament story of Samuel and the voice of God comes and Samuel's never listened to the voice of God, so he runs to Eli, the priest. You called me. No, I didn't. Go back to bed. God says, Samuel, Samuel, Samuel runs to Eli. At the end, Eli, the wise priest, says, if you hear the voice again, just say, speak, Lord for your servant is listening. And so I encourage people to do those two things as we begin. And we'll actually do that exercise if it's okay with you, Dale, in just a little bit. We'll pray that prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. That's the disciples' prayer. And we're disciples of Jesus. We can ask Jesus to teach us to pray. And then speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And for the sake of a podcast, maybe 30 seconds is enough. So let's do that exercise now, and then we'll come back to the monkey mind or what happens when you try to be quiet. All right? So let me get my little watch here, and we'll invite the listeners to join us in 30 seconds of silence. I'll pray that prayer, and if they want to pray with us, they can. So, Lord, just now, in this podcast, wherever we are, whether we're driving or walking or whatever. Lord, teach us to pray. Guide our prayer and speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Amen. Now, that's a little less than 30 seconds, but on the radio or on the podcast, that seems like a long time. So It's it's always amazing when you have silence, what will emerge that will surprise you. And that goes to your question about what if you try to be quiet, all these things crowd into your mind. The two things I'd say that are the wisdom of the Christian spiritual mystical tradition is that you have to practice silence just like you practice preaching, you practice sewing, you practice cooking, you practice, you get better at it. It feels Mm -hmm. awkward at first. And because we're so busy, when we start to be silent, our subconscious is still racing. And so, yeah, you can hear, or it comes to your mind, oh, did I send my sister a birthday card? 
or did I remember to order this uh, thing that I promised my wife I'd do or whatever, you know, whatever men and women your mind is full of. Right. And so the Wesley advice was don't fight it, write it, write it down. Because if you think I'm going to remember that, but I'm not going to think about it because I'm being silent now, you're using your mental energy to not think about it. Right. <laughs> and it's easier to just write it down and then let it go and then return to the listening prayer. Come back prayer. to your prayers. Yeah. yeah. And this, the great thing about listening prayer, the way we're practicing it now, is that you can do it at all ages. And let me tell you two quick stories about that with some fifth graders. We talked about listening prayer, speak, Lord, for your servants listening. And that listening means whatever impression, feeling, thought comes to you in the silence is from the heart of God. And so these fifth graders were doing that. You know, several of the things after the silence, I said, what did you hear? What came to your mind? Or what did you feel? And they said, oh, I prayed for mom and dad or grandpa and grandma. But one little boy said Zimbabwe, Mm. starving children in Zimbabwe. Wow. And I said, well, why did that? And he said, well, I don't know. I'm not even sure. Are there starving children in Zimbabwe? But that's what came to my mind. And I said, well, actually, they are at that time. Mugabe was still in power. The Zimbabwe dollar, it took 200,000 of them to buy a loaf of bread. They were using them to start fire. And people were so hungry that they were eating the bark off of trees. Now, is God concerned about starving children? Absolutely. And is this little boy in tune with the will of God? And so he said, was that God that told me to do that? And I said, what do you think? And he said, well... I had never thought about it before. It must have been. Wow, that is awesome. After the little boy, a little girl raised her hand and she said, Eleanor. And I said, well, who's Eleanor? And she said, well, she's a new girl in our school. She came two weeks ago. Her father is African-American. Her mother is Asian. And she's not dark enough for the blacks. And she's not white enough for the whites. And at recess, she's all by herself. She said, is God asking me to pray for Eleanor? And I said, what do you think? And she said, well, it must be. Wow, that is so awesome. And that's the point. If prayer is in the heart of God and we listen, God can prompt us, teach us, guide us in how to pray. And that prayer doesn't have to be with words. It can just be emotionally, spiritually lifting that person, that situation back to God. And so that circle thing, you know, you begin with the, the triangle over your head and the, comes from the heart of God to your heart, and then your right hand from your heart back up to God. That's a great image. I like the movement of that in that triangle. But I also just love this idea of listening. I bet every Sunday school teacher and every parent could practice this in their home with their kids and their families. Let's just take out 30 seconds or a minute where we just are silent and we listen to God to speak to us and see what comes up and then offer that back up to God. I think God could really use that way of listening prayer. That is great. Thank you. I have seen it. I've taught it. There's one 78-year-old woman in the church I attend, and every time I see her, she smiles at me, makes a little triangle in front of her, and does a little circle with her fingers. She learned this during Lent a number of years ago, but that way of listening prayer is giving her spiritual energy, and it's biblical, and it does help us. So thanks for the opportunity to talk about it. 
This has been great. Thank you. And I bet if we really think about it, everybody here has had times where they have been praying and some image, some person has come into their mind that they were called to think about, pray for some situation around the world. And they reached out. I know in my ministry as a pastor, someone has come to my mind and I give them a call and they say, thank you. I needed that call. You know, and where would that have come from? It had to come from the heart of God. I love that, listening prayer. Well, thank you, Tom Albin, for being with us today. And I hope that everyone will tune in and, and follow along in another way of prayer.